0: Hey, Faith Promise, how are we doing this weekend? You know, I would love to say that, that that video that you just watched is just sort of fabricated, but that's just a few of the television shows that are run, that are airing now or have recently run, and there are so many more that deal with the subject of sex. Welcome to all of our campuses. God is at work in a major way. The momentum is flowing Campbell's almost done with our faith lift. We're super excited about that. Chad and Brandy and all the team out there are doing a great job. We welcome them this morning. We welcome North Knoxville, and we welcome our Blunt County campus and Anderson County. All over the world, our missionaries and friends and family around the world, at internet campus, Pellissippi, it is great to see you. You guys picked an amazing weekend to come to church. Now, last weekend, we had 1,300 more people than we had the same weekend last year. So... We're, we're, we're getting to the point now that we're adding a mega church almost every year. And so God the, has, is flooding this place. God is changing lives. It's exciting. You know, in a day and time when people have said the church is dead, it's irrelevant, it's got nothing to say, it's boring, it's horrible. That's why, you know, there's some of you that are new that you left when you were 17 or 18, and it just felt like it didn't have any relevance, and today God is doing something unique and wonderful, and we are so so excited to be a part of it. God really is dispensing his desires in a way that I really have never seen him do in our church. Last couple weeks, we talked about being filled with the Spirit. We talked about prayer. And, man, I have just been inundated with emails. And, hey, man, I I really feel like I've been filled. And, man, I'm trying to pray. And I'm journaling. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And tons of people getting on Periscope, you know, usually for a spiritual uh, pick-me-up, although there was a snake in a Periscope this week. And uh, those that are laughing are following me on Periscope. The rest of you are clueless as to the snake. But I was attacked, you know, by a snake in my garage, a -a six-and-a-half-footer. And it's on Periscope, and so if you're not following me, again, on you, can go back and look at it. There were a couple of church members, by the way, that were there, a couple of men. And I told them, hey, guys, I mean, that snake is huge. I don't know if it's poisonous, but I'm the pastor. We have a lot of people. And, <clears throat> and, and y'all need to take one for the team. So the church would hate it if I died, and they looked at each other and said, where are we going to start going to church at now? And... Uh, <clears throat> I wish I was joking. Both their wives, you know, thumped them when they got home, but but so it's it's just amazing, really, what God is doing and and what God is up to. One of the coolest things happening is God is drawing us closer to His heart. I mean, that's why people are getting hungrier. They're they're really wanting to be filled. They're doing all those things because God is getting hung, we're getting hungrier for the heart of God. Does that make sense? Now, Tech team. I see a no signal behind me on that television. Is that me? Are we good? All right, thank you, good. It just scares me. I don't know much about technology, but blips and those kind of things, and, you know, words bother me. And so we are, we're rising up as a church, amen? It's a great time to be a part, and God is doing something wonderful. Now, this weekend, today, we launch into a very tumultuous topic, the topic of sex. Now, we didn't plan it this way. But, you know, how could you pick it better that the upcoming fifth graders that are going to six for their first weekend are here this weekend? <laughs> you know, I don't know how that worked out, and, man, parents are scared, and parents come up, and I've had emails, hey, what are we going to do? Is it PG-13, my kids? So if they're in, it's going to generate some conversation. <laughs> but listen, if your kid is in... And, and, you know, they hear something. you Don't see me anymore because this is the third warning today, right? So, you know, if they're in second grade, they probably don't understand. They're, they're moving on up. They, they probably know more. My mom, they know more than you think they know. They really do. They know more. We, we had a, a mother in this church come and throttle our Blunt Campus pastor, Pastor Matt, uh, several years ago. In our, he was a student administrator. He was our global student guy. And he's now in Blunt and And because he did a, he did a teaching on sex, and she came in and said i can 't believe you did that, with my son there. my son doesn 't even know what sex is. Her son was addicted to masturbation and pornography, and she didn 't even think he knew what it meant so moms, wake up, amen, come on, don 't be deaf, dumb and blind, come on, moms, so 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 we 're going to walk down this road and and I say it 's a tumultuous topic because it's sort of like being in the military in, you know, in the Middle East and driving a Humvee, and the road that we're driving down is loaded with IEDs, improvised explosive devices. Because when you deal with the topic of sex, you get involved with sex, anything that surrounds this topic, there are, there, there are IEDs. And people have been destroyed, people have been hurt, people have had all these things go on in their life by moving into it at the wrong time, all the kind of things that go. So we're not, we're not going to cover the whole subject, but we're going to talk Biblically. So let me give you just a thought as I was working on this uh, about it. It says no signal up here. <laughs> Where are you pointing at? Are we out? Okay, we're out. All right. That's what I thought. I thought you said, yeah, we're good. I knew we weren't good. It said no signal. No signal means no signal. It means you're just out of luck. And so this... <laughs> What I believe saddens the Lord, and it, and it sure saddens me, is watching God's gift of sex for pleasure, for intimacy, and for procreation be hijacked by the devil to scar, to separate, to sear, to destroy, to cause untold death, divorce, destruction, scars. It, it's unbelievable what the enemy has done with the subject of sex. Would you all agree with that? See the devil will always take what God meant for good, and he will turn it for evil. He has a counterfeit for every gift God has, and he always wants to shift it. He always wants to do it, and even use, even bring the word sex up is a painful subject for many people, because of experiences, because of abuse, because of misconceptions, because of what's because of what's done, you know, been done to them. And so, just the word is painful. Does that make sense? And so, I was just literally I was praying for our campuses as we were worshiping God. There are just all kinds of people. There are, there are folks that are, that are virgins. There are people that have been married more than one time. There are just all kind of people struggling. There are people that have been abused and all kinds. So I walk into this subject with fear and trepidation. I'm not, I'm not here to beat anybody up. I'm just here to lift up the Word of God in a culture that hates the Word of God. We're in a world that hates the Word of God. It's no longer ambivalent. It's no longer neutral. They hate the Word of God. And because the, because the culture is so anti-Christ, and it is so anti-Bible, and the culture is so impacted the church, it's messed the church up on sex. It, it has. It's messed church up on sex. It's, it's unbelievable. Parents want to talk to the kids about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's dirty. It's nasty. It's nasty. It's nasty. Save that for your husband. Yeah, that's just not the way to handle it. And so in, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says this, God, I'm about to actually use my Bible that's Old Testament, isn't it? Well, <laughs> you can get, I mean, can technology mess you up? Yeah. I mean, it'll mess you up. Like, I mean, I fly a plane, you fly on autopilot, you forget how to learn how to fly. Like, and in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, then the Lord God said, It's not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And so there's we don't know how long Adam was in the garden. We don't know how long he'd been there by himself. Was it a day a week? Was it a millennial? Uh, We don't know. Men usually don't do well alone, so it probably wasn't long. And so he's in the garden, and God says, you know, it's not good for a man to be alone, so I'm uh, going to make him a helper suitable. Verse 21, so the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on the man, and he slept. Then he took out one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned a woman with the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman for she was taken out of man. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become what? One One flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and they were what? Not ashamed. Awesome. Adam goes to sleep. He wakes up. There's a naked woman in his room. He says, whoa, man. And so that's why we call her, woman. I mean, it's just, I mean, you guys, you know, y'all really do read the Bible with a sense of, I mean, you know, do you just, I have a video going as I'm reading. You can't believe what goes on in my head when it comes to this stuff. And so what God does is God makes man and he said, You makes man first. He said, I can do better, huh, ladies? And so he made her second. Are <laughs> you ladies? Come on, can I get a little help in the house? <laughs> and so he makes a woman. And, and, and think about this. Out of the supernatural mind of the architect and the creator of the universe, spun out sex, spun out the family, and spun out intimacy. I don't know about you, but I think it's some of God's best work. I really do, because I love. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of sex within the bound of marriage. I, I'm a fan of intimacy, and I'm a fan of the family. All those God, thunk, He God just thunk them up. He just made them in the garden. He says, "I I know what I'll do." Boom, boom, boom. Adam says, "Oh, I will worship you forever." <laughs> I mean, it's just, a, it really is. It's the, it's just the coolest deal. And and they were, the Bible says in the last verse of chapter 2 of Genesis, they were naked and they were what? See, biblical intimacy, marriage, sex inside of marriage, we ought to be naked and unashamed. See, sin and shame separate us. They separate us. It separated God and Adam and Eve. It separated Adam and Eve. It separated Cain and Abel. Sin has always been about separating. God has always been about uniting. It's just, it's how it works. Now, Adam is taken from, Eve is taken from inside of Adam, not outside. He was taken from inside because, now I want you to realize this, Adam was already complete. He was a complete person, him and God. Because if you look for a spouse that's going to complete you, that's going to fix you, that's gonna fill up all the empty places in you, that's gonna make your life better, you are bound for the divorce court. Because there's only one person ever born that can do that, and his name is Jesus. Yeah. It is not a spouse, it is Jesus. <laughs> he can do that. And so you've, there, there's gotta be, you know, so we've gotta be, now I understand being lonely, I understand want to get married, I got all that, but at, at, there's gotta be at some point that me and God are good and he can bring one other in and a three breaded. Court is not easily broken, Ecclesiastes, God says. And so so that's the deal. Now, God never intended sex to be a weapon that we use against each other. He never intended sex to end up with things like rape, child abuse, sex, slavery, girls being passed around and used like a Gatorade bottle in a high school, you know, three a days. That was never the plan of God. It boggles my mind. It really hurts me deeply how women have been used throughout the millennium. Millenniums. A bunch of years. <laughs> it really is. I mean, they're uh, they're objectified. They're, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't you don't look this way, if you're not built this way, if you don't, then then there's something wrong with you. That's crazy. That's Hollywood. See, we have to always remember, listen, Satan is the little G-O-D of the world. He is the principal of, of the air. He is in charge of culture. Are you with me? Culture is antichrist, and when we try to wrap ourselves around culture, we will always get screwed up, because, and especially in the area of sex. So let me just give you a thought. Are you ready for your list? Sam, all our campuses, good, this is the deal. Just because you have a desire doesn't mean it needs to be fulfilled. So when it comes to sex, you have to remember that because people justify whatever they want. That, that's how, that's how uh, gay marriage has now been legalized in our land. I want that. I desire that. So it has to be okay. Just because you want something does not mean that it's okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, but I want it. That means it's got to be good. No, it doesn't. Just because you want it doesn't make it right. We all have desires, and hopefully we are all saying no to some of the desires that we are having. Is that that right? I hope we are. But I mean, the the Scripture says we have to crucify our flesh, and so... Crucifying the flesh is saying no to some of the things that the body wants. Now, let me tell you a problem, and this is killing, killing the church in America. And I, I want you to get this because this is paramount as we go down this subject of sex because I'm going to say some things you may disagree with. I may say something you want is wrong, and you, and, and you may say, Well, I, I don't, I, I, hey, this is what I want. You have to realize, and this is the problem. If you're listening to Sam, We have a low view of Scripture today. We have a different view of the Bible in church than when I got saved in 1982. When I got saved in 1982 and I started going to church, everybody knew sex outside of marriage was wrong. Everybody knew if you weren't married yet you shouldn't have sex. Everybody knew that gay sex was wrong in the church. Everybody got that. If you did slip up and you did blow it sexually, you felt bad about that. Today we do that and we brag about it. Matter of fact, can I tell you something? This will blow your mind. Do we have a great church? Yes. Do we have a hyper-committed church? Yes. You know we don't do any weddings anymore? You know why? Because we put in our wedding packet, if you're living together, we won't marry you. As soon as we did that, everybody said, oh, oh, we're good. The bulk of the couples that get married to Faith Promise Church are already shacking up having sex. So understand, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about pie in the sky. I'm not talking about somewhere over there. I'm talking about us. Does this make sense? See that changes. Did you feel the whole room just change? Every campus, you guys, did y'all guys feel that? See, we have a low view of scripture. I understand that the culture is antichrist. I understand that the culture doesn't believe the Bible. I was doing a Periscope, and a, you know, it's a, again, it's a video app, and where people can make comments. The guy said, "You're not one of those creationists, are you?" Because anybody can comment on your Periscope, and I said, well, "Yeah, I sure am." And so I'm not going to be ugly on social media or, or, or do that kind of stuff. So I get that. Does that make sense? I get that the culture. What I don't get is the church has a low view of Scripture. What I don't view is that we say, you know, I know what the Bible says, but. And, you know, we, so I, that, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. So we have a culture in the 21st century. Actually, the church is a 20th century institution trying to impact the 21st century. That's a whole nother problem we don't have time to deal with. But, we, but we have, we, we're in the 21st century culture. And listen, the culture is having a greater impact to us than the Word of God. No question. No question that the culture is having. And so we understand the culture is a liar, right? Right? I mean, you know, man, hook up and you'll be happy. And, and you go a single, man, a single adult meets somebody online. They hook up. They have sex. The next morning, does anybody feel better? As a believer, no. You walk away and say, God, I feel cheaper and dirtier than I felt last night. Oh, yeah, those a few minutes of pleasure. Yeah, those a few minutes of exit. But man, well, look how I feel now. And the culture said, do it again, and it'll feel better. Just keep doing it. it it'll, it'll get easier. See, the culture is a liar because Satan is at the center of culture. It's killing us. And so if you have a low view of the Word of God, it's easy to justify your desires. Does that make sense? Now, is this still the Bible? is this still the word of god Amen. then this is what matters most we have to rack, act, we have to accurately divide it our elders man we have some men some, some most humble biblically literate men of god and there have been topics that we've spent years wrestling with in in the life of this church that we're not going to leave it till we all get till we're not going to make a decision till we all get on the same page and man we just get our bibles out and with it, man there's been some there's been some serious some serious stuff going on he said, but you know, hey, wait a minute, Pastor, God wants me happy. No, God wants you holy. And if you're holy, you'll be happy. Because, And you probably heard happy for, is, is a dual word in the Latin, it, and it's about, it, it's, about, it's about happenstance. And so I'm happy if my circumstances are good. And God wants you holy and have the joy of the Lord that the world, that the world can't even fathom. Does God know what's best? Does God know what's best for you? Yeah. Then then what we've got to do is we've gotta we've gotta elevate the Word of God to do what God says. And I bought a weed eater last year. I've almost tripped over it twelve times. <laughs> this weed eater is almost new. And I'm, and when and when I get done the last service this week, I'm gonna throw it away. <laughs> because I ruined it. Now, well, before you Bubba, before you think, yes, I did put oil in the gas. But for put the wrong kind of gas. And then I didn't put any stabilizers in the gas. And so I ran it probably, I mean, by, by 30 days, I'd only used three or four times. The engine was blown. And then I didn't call the manufacturer until like 95 days. And then a 90-day th- warranty. Isn't that the way it always works? <laughs> see, the devil is real. And so, <laughs> so, but what I did is I didn't read the owner's manual. And see, I know. I don't run a weed eater. Crud. I mean, I, come on. I'm a 55-year-old man. I, I got a weed eater. I know i to run it. And so I did it just like I wanted to, and I'm going to throw this away. it's got about five hours on it because it's ruined because I didn't read the manual. And what we think is we know as much as God, and we don't need to read the manual. We can just do what we want and we'll be okay. See, when you satisfy all your desires, it will ruin you like I ruined that weed eater. See, you know, we, we look at the Bible and we look at the biblical boundaries that God gives us as God's a killjoy, God doesn't want me to have fun. God doesn't, God doesn't, God doesn't. Listen, biblical boundaries are a blessing. They're a blessing. Had I read the instructions and used that, I wouldn't have another weed eater in my closet. I wouldn't have to go buy another weed eater. But, but I did. I had to go buy another weed eater, and, I did, and, and I'm operating that weed eater correctly, and it's going to last longer. Again, satisfying every desire I have. Man, it's, it, it will it will ruin you. The perfect will of God: one man, one wo man, who are virgins when they get married, and whose marriage bed is undefiled, and they live they live together until death do us part. That's the perfect will of God. Now I understand that there's some people that have been through divorce. I understand all kind of things are going. I got that, man. I, I got that. I Understand? We serve a loving, graceful God. You want to know God's perfect will? You don't know the best sex. You want to know the greatest intimacy is that right there. Next week, we're going to talk about who all in your marriage bed and why that, why, about how the intimacy can be messed up because of what we've we done. See, because as I watch culture, I watch culture. See, culture has substituted adrenaline for intimacy. I really do believe that. Every one of us, and no, matter, no matter every, I mean, you only watch primetime television. We see more sexual encounters than we can ever care to add up. And now all, now all the sexual encounters you see on television, movies, all that kind of stuff, first off, nobody is ever married. When's the last time you saw a wonderful sexual encounter with a, with a man and woman that were married? It's not. They're always single. It's friends with benefits. Are you with me? And 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 it's not and it's somebody's going to be slung up against the wall. Right, come on, are y'all? Somebody's going to get slung up against the wall. Somebody's ripping somebody's clothes off. And some, man, I mean, you got, man, who's going to buy that many blouses? <laughs> it's that's not how it works. But what happens is our young at us grew up and, man, that's how it is. Man, it's kitchen table sex. It's slam up against the wall. It's rip your clothes off. And then you're married a couple of years and that's not the way it is anymore. And you say, well, something's wrong with us because we're not having sex like they do on television. <laughs> Satan's in control of the culture. And so when you when you when you put when you put the demonic image of what sex is and you don't measure up then, you're, then you think you've been shortchanged and there's no intimacy and you miss it because you believe the lies of Lucifer. Does this make sense? Yeah. I'm not saying sex is no thrill. I've been married to the same woman for 30 for 30 long time. Yeah. <laughs> 31 years. In Jesus name. And it's good. It's good. I'm just telling you, it's good. See, sexual intimacy with your spouse is greater than anything the world can serve up. It's, it is. It's greater than anything the world can dish out. Does this, does this make sense? So, the, so what, is, what does the devil do? The devil, the devil paints all these pictures. The devil does all this stuff to us. And and rolls all this stuff in us, and 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 then now we're looking down the wrong road for the wrong thing, and we're missing it. So in this series, we're going to try to get back to what the book has to say. Now, every now and then, somebody might get slammed up against the wall at your house, but that's not normal. Actually, I was going to say nobody does that. And last Sunday afternoon, at the Stevens family lunch, which we have every Sunday. Any kid that doesn't come of my kids get disinherited, so they'll have to come to lunch at my house. And we talk about that weekend sermon, and we, we're talking about this week. And I said, you know, we're, they said, well, how are, you gonna, are we going to do the sex series, Dad? And I said, well, we're going to talk about adrenaline versus intimacy. And I said, man, come on. Yeah, what the world does. Man, I mean, slanging people up against the wall. And my kid said, oh, well, they don't do that. <laughs> and I said, you know, man, that kitchen table stuff. And they say. Really, I said, "Okay, I'm old. Michelle got shortchanged, so I need to <laughs> rework my sermon here somehow." Any good to be in the house of God? <laughs> you know, laughter does good like a medicine. And this is the deal: I want to walk gingerly down. I don't want to back backstroke from the conviction of the Word, but I don't want to walk gingerly down this topic. There's no telling how many people have been abused. This service at all of our campuses. There's no telling how many people have been walked out, done wrong, girls have been used and abused and hung up. There's no telling. And so we walk down this. This, this, this brings back the scars. And God wants to heal your scars. God wants to, man, I don't care where you've been. I don't care if you've been to bed with a 1,000 guys or a 1,000 gals. I don't care where you've been. God will love you, and God will, God will give you back the years of the locust state. He really will. God will do that. God will do that. And so the scripture says, the scripture says in Genesis 2.24, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall be what? One flesh. Jesus goes on to quote this verse of the New Testament, the same deal. When he was asked about divorce, he quotes Genesis chapter 2, verses 28. Now, God's plan for intimacy, sexual intimacy inside the marriage is so much deeper, it's so much greater, it's so much more than Hollywood can ever dream. It's about all of me and a man and a woman loving all of you. That's what I want to do with Michelle.
1: for You're my muse. My worst and my rhythm and blues. I can't stop singing. It's ringing in my head for you. My head's underwater, but I'm breathing fine. You're crazy and I'm I give you hope.
0: And that's the will of God for marriage. And that's why you need to be careful. And that's why you give yourself unselfishly. There's no secrets between Michelle and I. We are so open and I so love her and love being with her and love everything about her. And she is really the second greatest gift God gave me. The first was Jesus and the second was Michelle. And it's been amazing. And that's the plan of God. There are issues. There are things we struggle through. We are broken people that need the grace of God and need to give each other grace. Some of you have, you know, you've been married and, and that didn't work and you feel like you're a second-class citizen. That's a lie from hell. If there's anybody that church has ostracized in the last 50 years is people that have experienced divorce. So wrong. So wrong. I hate that. It's just, but, but that's what we've done. So no matter where you've been, See, God loves all of us with all of him because he gave us his son. God's all, he knows about giving yourself away. Now what we, if we're not careful, we'll allow, as I said before, we'll allow the culture to color our view of sex. We'll forget the owner's manual, right? He said, but pastor, you understand, I have these desires. Biblical boundaries are a blessing. Let me ask you a question. Any of you let your two-year-old play in the street? Well, how come? Man, the street's amazing. Imagine imagine the street of the two-year-old's vantage point. There's like spaceships, big yellow lines. Man, there's noises out there. It's amazing. And they have a desire to play in the street, and you won't let them? You are just a mean parent. Are you a mean parent? No, but see, that's what we say to God. I have this desire, and because you're not satisfying my desire, you're a mean God, or you're not a real God, or your book is not true. This is the deal. God knows best. But you know, Pastor, I want to go to heaven, and I, I really do. I, I want to honor the God. But see, I, I I have these desires. I know what I want, and I want it now. And listen, when you go against the Word of God, and we all have, haven't we? There's a price to pay. And back when I was first saved and struggling as a single man, loved God, full of the Holy Spirit, struggled. Does anybody know any guys, y'all understand what I'm talking about? Struggled. struggled with it, with lust and all that kind of stuff, and everything that we that all the guys struggle with. But my first deal, I knew if you blow it, you're gonna grieve the Holy Spirit. That's my reason that was my that was my my number one reason for trying to stay pure and holy was was not so God would bless me more. It's because I didn't want to grieve him. But not only when we blow it do do we grieve the Holy Spirit, but it hurts us too. When we satisfy desires outside of the biblical boundaries, it hurts you. We're going to talk about that next week, and You don't want to miss it. But you know in the midst of the mess and our sex-saturated society and culture is cramming it down our throat, coloring it for us, we have a God that loves us in the midst of it. We have a God that cares about us. We have a God who loved all of us with all of himself when he sent Jesus down a cross. It's not about religion. And God infuriates me. It's about a relationship. I love to be with Michelle. She's my best friend. But you know what? I love to be with God. He's the number one in my life. And I told Michelle when we were dating, you'll always be number two. You will never be number one. But as long as Jesus is number one, I'll be a great husband and be a great dad if Jesus is number one. So she said, I'm fine to be number two. I'm good good with number two. God loves us. He wants a relationship with us. So maybe you've never bowed your knee and given your heart to Jesus. Maybe, man, this whole sex deal has messed you up. Maybe it's desires or maybe it's something or maybe whatever. But listen, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, he's ready to love you with all of him so at every campus with every head bowed every eye closed if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus you don't know all the Bible you don't know quite all that means but you're going to ask forgiveness of your sins and you're going to ask to be united with Jesus and you're going to follow him if you're ready we're going to pray with you we're just going to pray out loud with you dear Jesus I know I've sinned and I'm so sorry I'm separated from you draw me close forgive me come into my heart I confess Jesus is Lord, you died for me, you rose from the grave, and you are praying for me right now. So by faith, I will follow you. Make me want to, fill me with your spirit, and let me be pure in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give God some praise in the house. Now, we're going to have some pastors down front if you need to pray with someone, because I should have warned our counseling department, a series like this always generates, it it brings things, so there's people to pray for you at all of our campuses on the service over internet campus. There's someone in the chat room waiting to talk with you, or you can click right there, fill out the communication card, and we'll be in touch with you. We're here for you. I don't care if you live in Knoxville or you live in Timbuktu. We love you, and we're glad you're with us. And we're glad God gave us technology so that we could connect with you. It's unbelievable. Last weekend, there was our volunteers, I think it was Brussels, not Sprouts, Brussels, the city on the other side of the world, who lead our who volunteers on our iCampus were here live. And so man, it's just amazing what God is doing. So next week, we're going to go a little deeper. So again, you get to think, do I want the kids in here today? This, this, this wasn't PG-13, was it? Really, There's, you're going to get worse at 6 o'clock than, than we're going to talk about. But we're going to talk about what the Bible says. And we're going, to, we're going to stand on the truth of the Scripture. And so we're going to let the chips fall where they may. Be back next weekend. Bring some friends. Grab some more of those fast and lose cards. Tell them, say you missed the first service. Get online and get that. And be back next week because we're going to talk about who all's in bed with you. Woo. Woo. Amen. It's been good to be in the house of God. We love you guys. Be blessed. See you next weekend.